Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, happy hump day. Welcome to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. That's me, your insane host, trying to give you the most relevant topics that nobody else wants to cover because they're afraid of talking to them and talking about them in detail because you might actually ask a question and they go, oh, my God, what do I say? Uh, Today, we're going to talk about taxpayer-funded lobbying. And when I throw that term out, a lot of folks go, what? And, And they don't understand what it is and they don't understand how it impacts their dollars, and really, it works against them. Today, we've got a very special guest, uh, Mr. Michael Quinn Sullivan of the Texas Scorecard. He's a graduate of Texas A&M. I don't know why he's proud of that, but he is for some reason. Uh, he's former newspaper reporter, one-time Capitol Hill staffer, think tank vice president, and an Eagle Scout. That's important. We need more of that today. He and his wife have three children, and he's currently the publisher of the Texas Scorecard, which puts out a daily uh, news information letter of what's happening in the te- Texas legislature and what happens in Texas can impact other states. We always look at Texas, California, Florida, and New York. Those are bellwether states. And when things come out, they could go through. And this is certainly a topic that goes through. Michael, how are you doing today? Doing great, Darren. Great to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been. It has been. <laughs> uh, I'm going to kind of turn this over to you a little bit. Why don't you explain to our audience what is taxpayer-funded lobbying, first off? and then kind of get into what your role has been as far as monitoring that and what's going on at the state level. Yeah, so taxpayer-funded lobbying um, is, is the term applied to uh, this this uh, really immoral thing that goes on at all levels of government, but particularly state and federal government, where, uh, where, where you find government entities using tax dollars to lobby other governmental entities to take actions that are usually opposed by the taxpayers. Now, look, I, I would, you know, I will say on the front end, I oppose 100% any tax dollar being used to lobby some other entity of government mm-hmm. for anything. I don't care if it's good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Um, Thomas Jefferson said it best. He said to compel a man to furnish funds for the propagation of ideas that he disbelieves and abhors is sinful and tyrannical. Now, that was Thomas uh, Thomas Jefferson, and he was absolutely right. We should 100%. not be in the we should not be in the business of allowing uh, government entities to lobby for bad things or good things um, in, in other levels of government. We Get literally for- elect people to to be our. Um, our representatives, we don't need our tax dollars being used uh, often, again, often to go against us. Give an example um, that someone, obviously we're focusing on the state of Texas right now, but give an example of what a taxpayer might say, well, okay, I, I understand that. Can you explain to me, how, how's that working? I live in the city of Burleson, or I live in the city of Dallas, or I'm in uh, Johnson County, or I'm down in uh, you know Harris County. How does that impact me? How do they do those things? Yeah, so so how this practically works out is your city council, your school board, um, one of the other taxing entities at the local level, 
Uh, they take their tax dollars, those, those entities take those tax dollars, and they hire a lobbyist. Now, usually in Texas, that lobbyist is also a lawyer. Um, and so now no. they hide it. On, yeah, yeah, no. no, hard to believe. Hard to believe. Um, and so they hide that contract behind a legal document. That way it makes ah. it really difficult for citizens to find out what's going on. That lobbyist in Austin, that lawyer in Austin working for your city, your school district, um, you know, the junior college, the hospital district, whoever, uh, that lobbyist then goes and testifies for or against legislation, wines and dines, lawmakers, all those things. And, and to give a very real specific example of this, two years ago, there was big property tax reform being debated in the right. Texas legislature that would empower citizens, give citizens more rights to uh, to fight against uh, big property tax increases, how to see um, how their property taxes are being calculated, all this kind of you know, good government transparency stuff. And you had all these cities um, and school districts lobbyists lining up to oppose that legislation. And didn't, they te- didn't they testify before the, the, the Senate commission or the Senate committee that had that uh, particular charge? Didn't we see those, those municipalities coming out and saying, no, we don't want you to take that away from us? That's right. And look, I have no problem. Let me be real clear. I have no problem with your city's mayor, your school district's uh, board president. If they want to go out and they want to, on their own time, with their own money, drive to Austin and test you know, and sit there as the mayor, as the school board president, and testify against them. Look, that's their right. That's their First Amendment right to speak um, as an elected official and to explain why they don't like it. What is what's disgusting, though, is when they take my money your money, um, our friends uh, here listening today's money, and they use those dollars to hire some lobbyist who's making, you know, 600 bucks an hour or whatever to go and sit in that committee room and testify did, against the legislation. Did, did you just say $600 an hour? I mean, is that, is that a realistic figure? That's usually a low figure for a lot of these cats, quite frankly. I mean, so we're not talking wrong, small dollar amounts wrong, here. You and I are in the wrong business, to be real clear, Darren, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, you're talking lots of money. There's been more money spent over the last two years. Uh, this comes from Transparency USA, a great Texas-based organization that looks at uh, looks at the money in politics and government. Transparency USA has found that taxing entities, that cities, schools, counties, hospital districts, they have spent more money lobbying the Texas legislature over the past two years than was spent in all campaigns over the past two years. You're talking millions and millions of dollars. That's significant. One third of all lobbyists in uh, in Texas uh, lobby for tax-funded entities. Lots and lots of money is spent uh, by your local governments lobbying Usually, again, usually against the taxpayer, lobbying against mm-hmm. the citizenry in Austin. Well, here's a question that I have, and uh, I did some promotion. We had a, several emails that came in on this. You know, I actually said I worked for, or not worked for, volunteered for the Johnson County Emergency Services Board uh, for a little over five years. Uh, right. My position ended December because they got a new county commissioner. He wanted someone fresh. I said that was fine. Um, we're work, we were working on, and that actually goes before the vote in May of a sales tax increase, not an ad valorem. Now we didn't go down and lobby anybody in, in terms of Austin, but one of the po- topics that came up 
was our county commissioners that we were, that we were basically appointed by and not responsible to, but we work with of taxpayer funded lobbying that they were doing with, I believe the Texas municipal league. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, the, that, that's, a, that's a whole nother part of the, of the scheme in my mind, but we can talk and, about that in a minute. And, and, and the whole purpose behind it, I remember what the purpose they were like, well, why are we paying this money? And this is when governor Abbott was coming out. I mean, with some extreme rollbacks, uh, propositions for county tax base. And there was, and there was all kind of hullabaloo. Is, is that a, a very specific example that we can throw out for folks? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have to know more about those, the specific details of that to be able to kind of come a bit, but, but okay. yes, you're, you're getting close when, whenever, again, again, this is an important distinction. It's important to uh, see the difference between when, um, uh, when you as an elected official, uh, get in your car, you drive to Austin, you testify for or against something. That is different than when you as an elected official take my tax receipt, you know, my tax dollars and hire someone right. to do the same thing. That is taxpayer funded lobbying. Here, here, because this came up actually in the, in both the prime, in the, mainly in the primary, because this is a pretty heavily conservative area against some of the people. We're going to, we're, we're three minutes out from break, but I, I do want to try to address this. And one of the responses from one of the candidates for commissioner who knew the commissioners was, well, the reason we hire these people, because a lot of these guys are, they're, they're down good old country boys, is they don't feel that we have the, the necessary moxie to go down and talk to Austin and get our bills passed. That was one of the excuses that came out, that they wanted <laughs> someone more articulate and experienced who knew the way around the law. How do you respond to that? I'm just saying you actually do have that person. They're called your state representative and your state senator. That is literally the job of the state representative and the state senator is to go to Austin and advocate for their taxpayers, for their citizens. Now, look, and I understand this is a really revolutionary concept for a lot of folks in in government, but um, government officials are not supposed to represent government. They are supposed to represent yeah. the citizenry. Whether you're talking about a city council member or a county commissioner, um, they are supposed to represent the citizens. The same, you know, they, they have the same constituency as the as the state rep and state senator. You don't actually need to represent the city's interests. No, the taxpayers, the citizens, need to be represented. And and when when I start hearing folks using that excuse of well. We need someone articulate to represent the needs of the city. What they're saying is we need someone who will work against the people. That's what they're really saying. Well, it, it was when it came up and the first time I heard the response, I'm like, did they really say what I just heard them say? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's one well, of those, you, you, you kind of have to digest it for a moment because you don't want to immediately have a knee jerk reaction and, and be ugly. But I, I kind of digested it and went through and I, and I went, I didn't say your exact words, but I kind of said, well, isn't that what Dwayne's for and what Brian's for? And then, of course, then we got off. Well, well, we can't get a hold of them. And, and sometimes they don't want to carry the buckets of water that we had. And it went off into a whole nother area of effectively, which is what your point is, that the ultimate agenda that was wanting to be pushed was not being carried by the state rep or the state senator because it was not for the taxpayers. And that was a very interesting thing that came out. Um, 
amazingly, this one candidate, even he still got passed it and got elected, but I thought it was rather interesting. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, folks, you're listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. Today's special guest is Michael Quinn Sullivan of the Texas Scorecard, and we are discussing taxpayer-based lobbying. Now, this is a live show, so when we come back, if you want to tune in, 866-472-5788, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, you are back with the Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is Michael Quinn Sullivan of the Texas Scorecard. By the way, this is a live show. Uh, if you want to call in and participate, it's 866-472-5788. do have a couple of rules. Number one, we talk. We don't shout. Number two, we don't use profanity. If you use that, you will hear that giant flushing sound like uh, what comes out of the water closet. Today, we're talking about the, uh, the topic of taxpayer-based funding the issues with it, and then we're going to get into later in the show, how do we get rid of it? Now, Michael, during the break, I wanted to bring up the topic of ethics and specifically the Texas Ethics Commission, because if someone's going out and they're taking those taxpayer dollars and they're hiring someone to do a lobby, I don't think there's an ethical issue that. I think where the ethical issue comes in is when that that person goes and lobbies against the taxpayers. Is there nothing within the guidelines of the Texas Ethics Commission that 
could, should, or might chomp down on this, and someone's just missed it. Yeah, unfortunately, the Texas Ethics Commission. You know, it's like it's like so many things in government. The the, the name um, does not really tell you what they do. Probably better to think of the Texas Texas Ethics Commission as the Texas Paperwork Commission or the Texas Speech Regulating Commission, um, because they really exist to make it difficult for citizens to engage their government. Um, you really? know, we, we do have a lot, we have lots of good information that we're able to, you know, to tease out of Texas Ethics Commission reports, but, um, but unfortunately they don't really look at ethics in government, despite their name. They just look to make sure that people are filling out paperwork correctly um, because you're right. I mean, the, 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 the problem with this is that it's, it's icky and it's not ethical no. In the in, in the little e sense of the word ethical, I mean the capital e sense of a of a of a state agency, it's perfectly fine. They have no problem. State law allows um, cities, counties, school districts, and others to either directly or indirectly hire lobbyists with with tax dollars. Um, you know, what one would hope that if the uh, Texas legislature and its divine godlike you know uh, wisdom. Uh, would would deign to uh, to ban taxpayer fund lobbying. There are several bills uh, proposing to do just that before the legislature. Um, if they if they actually did it, one would hope that the ethics commission would uh, would crack down on the practice. Whether they would or not is probably another question. Um, and and a lot as mentioned earlier, a lot of these cats, a lot of the taxpayer funded lobbyists um, are lawyers, and so I'm. My gut tells me they'll just find, you know, new and creative ways to do their to do their lobbying, which is why, uh, you know, Andrew Jackson was right. Uh, Eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Right. You and I citizens have to always be paying attention because I I honestly don't. I mean, there's nothing in state law, Darren, that says um, cities, counties, school districts, others shall use tax dollars to hire lobbyists. There's just no prohibition against it. And so because there's no prohibition, they do it. Well, um, let's talk about, you said there's a couple of bills we know, and the way that starts, just like up at the Fed level, we have a bill that'll start in the House and go through and go over to the Senate. Although the Senate can start bills and send them back to the House at this level. What's going on with bills right now to try to either greatly reduce or eliminate in the state of Texas taxpayer-faced funding? Funding, excuse me, get my tongue working right here. Yeah, so uh, legislation has been filed in both the Texas House and the Texas Senate. Hearings have been had in, in both uh, both chambers' committees, and that's where it sits for right now. Um, we have not seen a floor action um, on in, in, in either chamber, and this is a good opportunity. Right now is a great opportunity uh, for, for Texans to speak out. Um, now you've got Mays Middleton, a state representative from, um, from the Texas Gulf coast, uh, who's got a fantastic bill banning taxpayer funded lobbying. I'm um, in the Texas house. His is probably the one that you're going to see moving. Um, if, if one moves, it will be his. What, what so, is you know, that house bill number? That is house bill 749 house bill 749. Okay. I, um, all right. And, and didn't he and, try, to, try to do this two years ago? Tried to do it two years ago, and the uh, and the leadership in the Texas House at the time uh, kind of pulled the rug out from under him. They played some games, ended up actually voting against the bill um, on the House floor after all the games they played. Uh, so it was a it was a crazy mess two years ago. I think that uh, Mr. Middleton has uh, 
uh, figured out at least how not to let them do that to him this time. We'll see what games they play this time. So you mentioned that there's been hearings, and, and a lot, again, what we do on the, this show is, is try to educate folks to the process. Those hearings are where the average citizen can come down to the Capitol and talk to the committee members, whether it be a House bill or whether it be a Senate bill, voice their opinion on yay or nay, um, and hopefully that will influence the bill. Now, are these still in hearings or are the hearings closed? Uh, the, the, they've, uh, they've already had hearings, but they have not voted them out of the committees yet. So um, okay. it, it's, it's, it's important to remember that you know, the, those committee hearings, they are the, the formal end of the process. It's you know, kind of the, you know, doing all the, all the check marks and things. Uh, but there is no limit um, on you as a citizen calling your state rep, your state center, getting your friends and neighbors to call their state rep and their state center saying that you want action on this. Um, w- whether the bill is uh, before a committee or not, people should be talking to their legislators. You know, theoretically, they work for us. And so we should be uh, we should be talking to them. They're supposed to. That's that's the idea behind that behind it. So you 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 spend a lot of time uh downtown in austin what's what's the what's the word what's the gut feel is this do we think this is going to get out of committee to go to a floor vote in the house uh or is it stuck in uh, is it stuck in stupid yeah it, it is currently sitting in stupid whether it's stuck in stupid uh, really depends on how much noise uh, people make about it depends on how much noise uh, voters uh, politicians uh, tend to jump to the front of whatever parade seems to have the most sousaphones in it, right? Um, you know, so the the louder and the and the and the more folks that can be brought to bear on an issue, uh, the more likely they are to act. Now, now, but, but let's remember, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars uh, being spent uh, of of your tax money. That's scary. Um, That's scary. When you put it like that, that is very scary. It's very scary. The amount of money being spent on lobbyists to work against you, but but those lobbyists are spending that money on legislators. They take them out to dinner, um, they take them to parties, they take them on fun little trips, all these kind of activity, you know, fact-finding missions and other things. Um, you know, so there are, so the legislators, they benefit from that from that spending, from that money, right? They, they sure. benefit from that. Um, and so that means you and I have to speak even louder. Now, for, like over in the Texas Senate, uh, Paul Bettencourt, who was uh, the Harris County tax collector, now he's a state senator. He's been a really loud and strong um, um, opponent of taxpayer-funded lobbying, a real proponent, a champion for taxpayers. Uh, his Senate Bill 10 uh, just had a hearing last week um, in, the, in the Senate. Um, and so I, I suspect you will see that bill probably move in the Senate faster than the House, the Mr. Middleton's bill moves in the in the house only because paul bettencourt um has a a, a little bit of a bull in the china closet about him on this issue <laughs> so he's ready to uh, bust some heads i think is there any significant difference in the bills they pretty much say the same thing i i, I guess they're not companion bills they're not companion bills they um they, and, and by the way let me explain that to the audience yeah. what a companion bill is uh, in Texas, I'm not going to get into those states. If one side of the legislature, for example, the House files a bill and the House of the House rep has a senator working with them, they will file an identical bill in the Senate and they call that a companion bill. And they're working together for the same end. But these are not companion bills. 
yeah, these are not companion bills. They are they are similar measures, uh, but both do slightly different things. But both would be would be market improvements. Neither one's perfect. They don't go far enough, in my opinion. Uh, but both get us a lot further down the, than the field than where we are right now. Well, okay. You say they're not going far enough. Now we've got about three and a half minutes before we get into break, so we may have not get all the answer. But how far? Why are they not going far enough for Michael Quinn Sullivan? Uh, so the, the Senate bill uh, does not um, uh, only applies to cities and counties. It does not apply to school districts. Um, right. And yet, you know, public education represents one third of, the, of state government spending. One okay. third of state government spending in Texas is public education. The next third for those playing along at home, that's health and human services. And the last third is everything else. Okay. Right. Um, and so that, so when you talk about a third of the state budget being public education, um, you see the, um, uh, the push that local school districts and their lobbyists have. Um, that, that's an area that, that probably shouldn't be left off the table, but for political reasons, um, Mr. Betancourt, Senator Betancourt is leaving that off the table for this session and only focusing on cities and schools. I would rather just go, yeah, go the whole uh, thing. Well, go, go all right, the, the, the House Bill 749, does it address city, county, and ISDs? Only cities, and again, only cities and counties. Um, See, uh, most people, the, the school district is the issue. That's, that's right. the 8,000-pound gorilla in the room. 50-plus 50, 50 percent of your property tax is the school property tax. Look, oh, I don't mine's, think anyone, mine's like 90 percent. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone is really upset by their city property tax. Um, they're only upset about the city property tax uh, levied because it's part of the big monstrous property tax bill that they pay. Um, yeah, so, again, it, it, it is unfortunate that neither one of them are really taking on the overall issue, but at least they're trying this time. I'm, I'm glad to see them try. That, how's that for being hopeful? I, I think you're, you're, you're taking a pile of fecal matter. You're trying to, to not call it what it is. <laughs> you said we can't use profanity. You told and I didn't. Me fecal matter is not profane. <laughs> they get the idea. It's, we, we're not using any profanity. We're just, I'm, I'm using cleverly disguised adjectives uh, to, to under, <laughs> uncover that. So, that, so we've got something that's got some process. And, and like you said, you're, you're right. City and county, I don't see that's going to rock anybody's boat on the taxes. Um, I know the people I talk with, that ISD tax, like where I'm in, the, I live in the ETJ of Burleson, and my county tax is hundred bucks. I don't have a city tax. Um, my, no, I think it's maybe 200 bucks from a county. Not much. I'm paying like a whopper of a tax to the ISD. And, and then we get into, there's the appraisal shell game where the, well, we don't have control, but we do have control on the board and passing back. And, and I got to tell you, it's to a point where we've got to get some control because Texas for a conservative state, our property taxes are, I think we're in the top 10 in the nation. Uh, we are number four in the nation. Currently okay. Yeah. But I did a report two years ago. We were number two, number four. So yeah, we're up there and it's a significant chunk of change. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Today, our special guest is Michael Quinn Sullivan of the Texas Scorecard. We're talking about how to eliminate taxpayer-based funded for lobbying. We're going to pay a few bills and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, 
Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. And I've got an email that just came in. I'll, I'll get it in our, our next conversation. Okay. Folks, you're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. I've got Michael Quinn Sullivan of the Texas Scorecard, and we're talking about taxpayer-funded lobbying, your money doing things at uh, high levels that people don't like. I want, Before we go back to the subject we were talking about, I had an email come in, and the question was, does the same concept of taxpayer-funded lobbying occur at the federal level? Uh, it, it does after a fashion, um, and look, I, I oppose this too. Um, the state of Texas uh, funds was called the Office of State and Federal Relations. Doesn't that sound very high-minded? Um, look, those are folks who sit there um, and lobby on behalf of the half of the state. Now, um, there are a lot of restrictions on what they can and can't do, both under federal law and under under state law. Um, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, Texas is the least drunk person in the bar when it comes to states spending money to influence Congress that doesn't make them sober, right? Yes, you know, so it's always, always got to be careful. You know, they're they're still a little person, tipsy. They're, yeah, they're least just... drunk person still shouldn't drive home, right? Um, but the uh, but but uh, but Texas has that office. I would suggest that's a waste of taxpayer money. Again, we hire. 36 people to go to Congress, two, uh, two, two to the Senate, 36 to the, to the U.S. House. Um, uh, you know, 
we don't need to play this game to the extent that you need people who can answer questions and be experts. Okay, that's probably fine. Um, but when they're there advocating for or against legislation, for or against money, things like that, well, that's problematic. Okay. Well, that was a good question that came in. Now, let's get back to the, the bills, House Bill 749, Senate Bill 10. Major deficiency in that they're not applying to the independent school districts. Yeah, and then I've got to correct myself. Uh, Senate Bill 10 does not apply to school districts. Uh, the House Bill does apply ah, to school districts. Okay, it so does. I apologize. Okay, yeah. all right. So let's say these two both come out of their legislative chambers. They pass each other, and then they've got to hammer it out and see which one comes to the fore, correct? That's right. That's correct. That's correct. So we're hoping at this point, if House Bill 749 does have – that school district provision in it, that would be the one that we want to see come out victorious on top. Yeah, or, or that that language is added into Senate Bill 10, all the fun things they can do in the parliamentary uh, processes. What uh, do you think right. the likelihood of that happening is this session? Um, uh, it, 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 is, it is better uh, better than 50% likelihood. How about that? It is better than a, better than a coin flip. Um, it's not close to being a certainty, but it, it's somewhere between that 50 to, to 75% range. Um, and I said only because two years ago, this almost exact same uh, Texas Senate passed a strong ban on taxpayer-funded lobbying. Uh, the Texas House killed it. Um, this time, there seems to be um, uh, members of the Texas House realizing they need to do something on the issue. Um, so I think that if that stronger ban moves, I think there's a chance the stronger ban passes. If the weaker ban uh, moves, they will obviously do that. Um, okay. but, but I think there are some real opportunities for it to pass this time. Now, something that's, that has a correlation to this, we're going to get off track for just a second, um, because a big part of that spending um is school districts and Texas, we got a problem. I mean, we're spending, look, I, I was educated in the Texas uh, school district system. I, I, it was great. I think it changed dramatically by the time I had my kids come up. I think what I had here in Burleson was okay, but we spent a lot of money to build a school. I didn't think we needed. We spent, spent a lot of money to renovate uh, a football field. I didn't think was needed. And that's unfortunately one of our problems in Texas is we worship the football more than the education sometimes. This is an independent, this is an independent school district issue that really has a lot of power that can go in and go and, and levy. Right now, there's a movement and it's a heavy one because the phones are ringing and people are knocking to eliminate the property tax, the ad valorem tax in the state of Texas and go to more of a sales and use tax VAT tax, whatever you want to call it. And there are models out there that shows that this can be successful. Now, whether or not we agree with the models is another debate that we can get to here in a minute. The question is that bill 3770 that's starting to gain sponsorship, what do you think about the bill in, in terms of its structure and what it does and doesn't cover? Uh, yeah, so I, I am not a fan of VATs. Um, I am not, a, you know, which this bill eliminates the property tax and adds in a VAT. Um, I, I am of the camp that we could eliminate property taxes in Texas um, if we did one simple, simple thing. And that is our legislators learned how to say no to increasing the size of government. 
If we if we stopped increasing the size of government, if we kept uh, the growth of government below inflation and population growth, you could eliminate property taxes in less than 10 years in Texas. And we've been talking about it for 20 years, right? If they had 20 years ago um, limited the growth of state government to less than population and inflation, take the surplus dollars, throw them into property tax relief, you and I today would be at year nine of not having a property tax in Texas. That is significant. That's the power of controlling spending because we don't have a property tax problem in Texas. We have a government spending Spending problem problem. in Texas. And no one likes to admit that. And we talk about, oh, Texas is a small government state. We're not a small government state. No, we're not. We're a huge government state. we just have a we just have our government arranged differently than other states do. Um, you know, in California, they fund all of their public education at the state level with just a tiny bit being done locally. We put that that funding of public education uh, more on the local level than on the state level. But again, remember, a third of the state budget is public education, so you're talking about lots and lots of money all the way around, um, and. You know, 3730 by James White and a couple other folks. I love the bill. Again, I don't like that they're doing a replacement, but I love the bill because they're trying to talk about it. Finally, at least least have a discussion, because before, if you even talked about removing property taxes, you were looked like, you know, you dropped in from Mars and you'd had your head evacuated. Right. You know, New Hampshire only has a sales tax. They don't have property taxes. You know, you can uh, it's not crazy that they don't have an income tax. Uh, whenever you talk about having you know, getting rid of the property tax, the first thing you hear from Republicans and Democrats alike is, oh, if we get rid of the property tax, we're going to have to have an income tax. That's not true. It's not true. We just have to control spending. Well, you know, when I was on the emergency services board and, and we did our budgets every year, July and August, because our fiscal year started at the end of September, October 1. And it was a, it's a very conservative board. And our executive directors have been very conservative. But I watched the sausage making process because I was part of the sausage making process. Now, we're in it. We were only talking a little over $4 million. But to get that group to do what we were actually constitutionally charged with under Health and Human Services Section 775, which was to set 10% of our budget aside for future, never happened in my five years. Right. Never happened in my five years. If there was a dollar out there, that dollar was spent and it was sucked up. And it's like in that process, common level-headed conservative folks opened their head, took their brains out and set it aside and then talk money. It drove me crazy. The last budget I was on last year, because I had voted for the other four because, you know, they were close. And I, I said, I'm just, I'll go along. I, there was a segment on there about putting together um, a pension plan, which was basically was one of those contributory plans, which there's no way in God's green earth that little bitty subdivision had the money for. I like 98% of the rest of it. I said, but if you raise salaries here and you vote for this, I said, I will vote against this budget. Said it all summer long. When the vote came, I voted against the budget even though I like 98% of it. And they were looked at me like, well, what's wrong with you? We, we went over all this. We had this. I said, I never changed what I said. I said, you put in something that funded a pension that we don't have the money for. And I said, you gave people increases in salaries that we don't have the money for. 
Well, it meets our budget. I said, the bottom, they're like, well, we need to be keeping up with Cleburne and Burleson. I said, no, we don't. So I've seen it firsthand on a very small scale. Uh, my time that I spent at the Brazos River Authority, they're a little bit different. They weren't as flagrant with it, but it's a lot bigger. But you would think on a smaller scale that you wouldn't have some of the insanity that you have. And I think people have got to understand the only way we're ever going to get government under control is it's going to have to be legislated. Here's what you can do. And here's what you can't do. And here's what you can spend. And here's what you can't spend. Because I've seen these government entities firsthand. If, if there's a dollar out there, they're going to get that dollar. And there is no such thing as zero-based budgeting. It's, well, here's where we were at last year. I don't care where we were at last year. What do we need this year? I mean, I would, I would almost, you know, come out pulling my hair out. And I just didn't have the votes to back up what I was looking at. And again, these were level-headed very conservative people, but when it came to that budget and that tax money is like a disease. It, you know, you're absolutely right. And all just because one, it's other people's money. It, it's money yeah. that, um, that, that doesn't come out of your bank account. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect your kids. And so it's easy to spend other people's money. And, and two, there's always just this loud, there's a very loud uh, scream for every dollar that can be spent, but for every dollar you save, there are fewer people who speak out on that. Um, yeah, and, that. and that's where we as taxpayers have to be willing to speak out louder saying, save the dollar, save my money. Um, and uh, we, we, we all have to come to the realization that it's on us to speak out as loud as the spenders do. Well, you know, like I said, I, I did that and for five, and I enjoyed my time on it. We got a lot of positive stuff done. But I mean, the last session, I, I, I said then, I, I won't do another session because I just, I couldn't go through the process. My blood pressure was going up, <laughs> hypertension, and I'm going, you know, you're not going to listen to me anyways. All right, folks, we're coming up on a hard break here real quick. You are listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is Michael Quinn Sullivan of the Texas Scorecard, and we are talking about taxpayer-funded lobbying. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to our final segment here. A little housekeeping uh, before we get into our last things. You can follow me on the informationedge.net. That's my site. You can follow me on Twitter, Gab, and Parlor at DGNC65. Michael, how do they follow the Texas Scorecard? Hey, we'd love for folks to uh, check out our work at texasscorecard.com. Uh, we're also uh, facebook.com, Texas Scorecard, Parlor, Texas Scorecard, and on Twitter, Texas Scorecard. If you, if you like hanging out in the sewer, join us at Twitter. Um, otherwise, uh, Parlor is Parlor's great, too. So. Sorry. You know, that. I, I, I started I'm to make sure I don't cross the line. You know, I've got to make sure I don't cross the line. Here, so. You know, I crossed the line. Um, <laughs> I, put, I put the stuff out there. Look, I I lost half of my followers in the purge in January, and it wasn't because they lost me. They got wiped out. I started rebuilding on Gab. I don't know that I'm going to keep Twitter going forever. Right now, it's a, a promotion thing, but it's kind of like, you know, when I do it, my hands start to hurt because I feel like I'm I'm touching evil. Um, yes, yes. And, I, and I've got the page with Facebook, but I just yeah, – yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those things going through. Um, I'm very excited about Michael and Dell's uh, uh, Frank speech. I think is the website. Uh, but you I know, think uh, I think the more that's that can come out is great. I've heard that uh, former President Trump may come out with one. If he comes yep. out with one, he could put some people out of business. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, it, and I, I think that's going to be coming this summer, from what I yeah. hear. So it'll it'll be interesting. Let's kind of finish up real quick. Um, we were talking. We were, we've been talking taxpayer based funding. What's going on? The bills that are out there. By the way, I will be pinning those bills to the website. If you go to the website under uh, pending legislation, I'll pin it under the state. Uh, there's a lot of bills that are there right now in various states, obviously more for Texas than not. And you could go in and actually read those bills. I'll have that after the podcast. House Bill 3770, which we talked a little bit about just a second ago, about possibly eliminating property taxes. How's it going in the session? What do you think its possibilities are? Um, is, it, is it something we can get done this session or do you think it's going to go into another session? I, I will quote the great Leonard McCoy from Star Trek. He's dead. Um, <laughs> You know, which is true. The, the bill was referred to the Ways and Means Committee months ago, and it's been sitting there, not going to get a hearing. It's not going to move. They're not going to talk about it. Oh, they're um, not even going to get a hearing. Uh, looking at their current schedule, it's not even going to get a hearing. Um, okay. 
although members are talking about it. Again, they, they are talking about it. It's important. The, the, the one thing that would breathe life into 3770, getting a hearing, maybe even getting a, a vote out of committee, maybe, you know, dare to dream debate on the floor of the Texas House is if a lot of people start making phone calls and a lot of people start speaking up, you know, politicians are good at licking their finger and sticking it up in the air. Um, And so to the extent that they feel like their job um, could be impacted by there not being a a hearing and uh, and debate on 3770, that's the extent to which uh, these legislators will start to take action. Uh, So calling uh, your state rep, um, getting your friends from high school to call their state rep, all those things, those those matter. And I think that a lot of us think, oh, my voice won't matter. You know, if I call, you know, my state rep won't listen to me. You know what? They one, they will listen to you. You send a postcard or you or you make that phone call. But particularly if they're getting, you know, 20, 50, 100 phone calls that terrifies them because they want you to think your voice doesn't matter. And so those people who, who, who dare to speak up, it rings loudly in the politicians' ears. You and I have to speak loudly about these things because there are a lot of bad people in Austin whispering for them to do bad stuff. And, and when you make a call, by the way, um, don't be profane. You, you have to be clean talking. Don't yell at them. If you start a conversation screaming at a staff member, what happens, Michael? They pretty much hang up the phone real quick, don't they? Yeah, usually. And, and remember, when, when you make that phone call, uh, you always got to remember you are probably talking to a 21-year-old uh, junior in college. Who this is, this is a, a spring gig uh, while they're trying to put their, themselves through college. Uh, you're, not ta- you're usually not talking to the lecture. Now, look, I, I always encourage people demand that your state representative give you their cell phone number because they are your employee. You should be able to call and speak directly to your state representative. And at that point, treat them like your employee. Again, you shouldn't be profane, shouldn't yell. You shouldn't yell or be profane to your employees. You shouldn't yell or be profane uh, to your state representatives. Um, But you should feel free to tell them very sternly they might lose their job. And then you've got to be prepared to follow through on that. There's the key thing is be prepared to follow through. Now, for those of you that uh, are paying attention on the, the site, go to informationedge.net, go down to the government sites, do the state sites. And what I have now, I have all 50 states that have the, basically it's the, the hub where you can find the legislative committees. So if you want to, for example, find out who's on the Texas House and Ways and Means Committee, which is the committee that is keeping this down, and those are the people you need to contact. Yep. Go down to that, uh, go to Texas, it'll pull up the committees, you find the ways and means, you go to all those members and you can start contacting them, you can call them, you can email them, you can get involved because these are important things that you have to do to voice of what's going ahead. Now, Michael, you, you guys come out with a lot of great stuff uh, on that scorecard. I find it, I read it uh, as much as I can. What do you think are some hot topics that are, are, are floating to the top right now in our few minutes that we've got remaining? Yeah, so um, uh, tomorrow in the Texas House of Representatives, there will be debate on the House floor. The first time in Texas history, there's going to be debate on constitutional carry, the idea that law-abiding citizens should be allowed to carry a firearm without getting the permission of, uh, of state government. Which is uh, the Second Amendment, so, you know. Which is the Second Amendment, yeah. Um, and then half of the states in the Union actually have that. Texas is not a Second Amendment leader. We're a 
you know, we're, we're middle on of the road. The, we're middle of the road. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is a uh, this is going to be an interesting debate tomorrow. Uh, next week, the budget for the state of Texas will be debated in the in the Texas House. You know, I, I never like to sing praises of anyone in, in, uh, you know, in elected office, Darren, as you know. Um, but um, I will say the Texas Senate, they approved their version of the state budget um, last week. They actually reduced spending a little bit. Um, uh, they they and certainly reduced the rate of growth, which is you know, they actually reduced spending in, in a number of categories, um, which was very exciting to see. The Texas House, I uh, get to go back to criticizing. They're looking at growing government. Um, uh, but the state budget is where a lot of policy is is debated. So you're going to see that happen next Thursday. Um, another is there going to be any live streaming for any of these debates that folks can tune into? That's, yeah, folks can go to our Facebook page or they can just go to the state of Texas uh, legislature's uh, website and get that streaming. Our Facebook page, we, all, uh, we, we will stream those debates. Uh, the, the last big thing coming up um, that's being debated almost every day in different different ways um, is uh, uh, attempts to ban uh, gender reassignment surgeries and uh, genital mutilation of children um, uh, or, or minors. Um, you know, if grownups want to do that to themselves, that's, that's their thing. business. Um, but we should not uh, have this uh, these kind of life-altering things done to children. Um, and uh, uh, we've been covering that a lot. A lot of uh, the conservative groups in the state have been covering uh, this issue. Uh, and that is bubbling up every single day. You know, it's a shame that we have to have a debate yeah. and a discussion on the mutilation of children. And that's what it is. I've had some folks, some, some, and I, I, ha- I keep a few liberal friends. And uh, I mean, they, you know, I said, you know, why do you want to do? Well, you know, they're not really this. To th-. I said, no, no, no. I said, I, I was a person. I was born. I've got brothers and sisters. I've got cousins. I raised four children, and we knew what they were when they popped out, <laughs> and that was the way we raised them, and we didn't have a problem. That doesn't mean if someone comes up and says, well, I think I want to do this, and they're over 18, okay, you can do that, but we didn't. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael, it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, I think we've had some fun. Um, I'd like to have you back in the future after Sendai. That'd be great. Oh, I'd love to. That'd be great. And we can uh, wrap up some stuff like that. All right, folks, you have been listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. We've had Michael Quinn Sullivan of the Texas Scorecard. And, Michael, what's that web address again that they can go to? Yeah, would love for folks to visit us at texasscorecard.com. And Darren, thank you so much for letting me be with you today. All right, folks. You've been listening to the Information Edge podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week. Please don't text and drive. Stay safe, and we'll talk with you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.